Hi, I'm Hugh Richards, the host of our podcast series, What's the Deal? We just had a fascinating discussion, and we're going to rejoin that conversation now to explore different angles in the second episode. I'm excited to be joined by my colleague, Tyron Lobbin, the head of blockchain launch Onyx by JP Morgan. Now, look, Tyron, we've walked through a number of use cases, and you brought up a lot from whether it's secured lending or payments or a number of things, which I would sort of think of as relatively core financial functions. When I open the newspaper every day, I'm reading about NFTs and apes and cryptocurrencies and metaverses and all of those things. It seems a long way away from secured borrowing. How do I reconcile these things? What in the world that I read about in the media should I be thinking about as a corporate executive? And how do I align that with some of the use cases that we just walked through? I think that when you look at NFTs, the thing that NFTs have really done is create a cultural side of blockchain technology in some sense, right? A lot of people in their day-to-day lives, obviously finance is important to them, but it's not the thing that they center around. People center around music and art and social experiences, etc. And I think for a long time without NFTs, the blockchain world sort of suffered from a lack of that. And with the introduction of digital collectibles and these profile picture projects, et cetera, we've seen an interest from the masses, as it were, around, hey, here's something that's really interesting, looks cool. I can now go and buy some art from some artist who lives in some other part of the world, and I can see directly that my funds are going to that person. This is a really kind of interesting way that blockchain is now enabling a new sort of conversation. And I think the upshot and what large brands, for example, have recognized is how something like NFTs can really create consumer engagement. Brand awareness is something that this technology, and by technology, in this case, I mean NFTs specifically, is actually uniquely enabling. New ways of rewarding consumers, new ways of enabling experiences, experiences that you can actually ascribe some sort of uniqueness to, actually gate, for example, who can have some experience with a local celebrity that you otherwise couldn't have had, for example. And what we're seeing is that this idea of some sort of digital art that you can very easily exchange between different participants, but also that you can use to build up a reputation. What that project actually is about is one showing that you are early in a particular idea, but also part of that community. And I think what we are seeing is this idea that community is really important and can really drive new ways of interaction. And I think brands have seen that and have said, okay, well, I should be part of this. And and there are lots of examples. We've seen large clothing companies, large shoe companies. We've seen large food companies, beverage companies, all recognizing that something like an NFT can actually give me a different way of attracting an audience. And I think that's been a a super interesting thing that we've experienced and witnessed over the past 12 to 18 months at least. What you just said, Tyron. At the core of this, though, remains the idea of ownership. And so it really does tie back to some of those original use cases too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because when you look at what this is all about, it's about the new digital world, right? One of the core challenges of the digital environment that we all find ourselves in now is this very easy ability to replicate information, replicate data, replicate digital assets, whatever the case is. And that means that it's very hard to ascribe value to them, right? If I can just 
copy an image or copy a file and send it around the world, well, there's nothing unique about that. There's nothing interesting about that. So when we pair this idea of an ownership token, as it were, something that can definitively say, I am the rightful holder of this particular, whether it be a financial instrument or a piece of art, in the digital world, you can now start to do really interesting things. And I think that's been the, the novel innovation here, right? Is that we're taking properties of the physical world. You know, when I hold actual cash in my hand or I can see physical arts hanging in my home, those are things that have been very hard to translate into the digital world up until the introduction of blockchain and this idea of tokenization that is now becoming more and more prevalent. And I think NFTs are just the tip of the spear. But one other idea that is also starting to emerge is this idea of decentralized finance, which is doing traditional financial services-related activity and providing traditional financial services products like lending, like borrowing, but without a traditional financial services actor in the middle of that transaction, right? So this is where the phrase decentralized finance comes in. And again, it comes back to the idea that I can provably show that I I'm the owner of one asset and I can lend it to you and you have rights over that asset for a moment in time. And I think the interesting thing here is the way that decentralized finance protocols have started to emerge is again by narrowing on a very specific problem, like a slice of financial services. And we'll continue with the lending and borrowing theme. Here you have entire new projects and products being created that make borrowing and lending very easy between people in a peer-to-peer way without necessarily having to go to a financial services provider to borrow those funds. And what this looks like at scale is really just a significant unbundling of these products from traditional businesses, not necessarily specific to finance. We're seeing it in media as well. Today, we have streaming platforms. Tomorrow, we might have community-owned and created platforms that allow for musicians to stream music directly to their fans, not necessarily going through some large centralized platform. And this unbundling, I think, is going to be more and more prevalent. And the thing that I'm sort of even more excited about is how those ideas are going to be rebundled together into new types of industries and new types of companies. And so when I think about traditional corporates that might be listening to us speak today, and then thinking, how is this relevant to me? I think it's just recognizing and assessing where your business is providing a service that could be unbundled by this technology that enables peer-to-peer transacting with direct ownership access and also embedding with that the easy ability to move that value between different participants that you are currently serving. I think that's fascinating, Tyron, because what we're really trying to do in this podcast is bring back some of the trends and themes that people are reading about and bring it back to sort of their what their real core is, what the real fundamental trend is behind that. So you know, as we go through all of these examples, really at the core of it is trust, is ownership, is the transfer of that ownership between people, is the exchange of value. And whether it's a glossy acronym or a, an art angle to it or a, an underlying it, all of these fundamentals that have created value in, in, in the analog world and how they can be replicated in a digital future enabled by this technology. So I think this is a great way of linking 
sort of these futuristic case studies that we hear about to actually what they are really about and how that's core to many of our clients. So look, I think we've covered a ton of ground. I want to end on a sort of a personal question because obviously this this world is evolving very quickly. Every time we think there's one innovation cycle has, has ended, another one began. And I was fascinated. How are we going to start thinking about rebundling those unbundled components, which again is a fascinating iterative. As we think about this, you know, in addition to being our leading blockchain expert here at JP Morgan, you're also the father of two young daughters. And when you think about their education and how they're growing up today and the future of work for them and how they're going to interact with assets and ownership in the future, how do you think about that? And what kind of world will they be growing up in? And how big will this technology actually just impact the, all the aspects of our lives that we're interacting with today? I think they have a fascinating future ahead of them. I mean, one thing that we haven't spoken about today, but is actually at the core of your question here is how very large companies are recentering around this idea of virtual worlds and metaverses and everything that that brings with it. Clearly today, the online gaming industry is one of the largest industries in existence, not only from a sort of financial perspective, but also a community perspective. And what we're going to see and what we have already started seeing is how that's just going to be taken to an entirely new level, right? This idea of the metaverse and these sort of open ecosystems where people can create these virtual experiences actually leads to entirely new jobs, new types of skills that are needed. You're going to have people that are designing virtual real estate spaces, virtual conferences, virtual events, community engagement, not only providing those services within those worlds, but even the technology to provide that infrastructure is going to change as well. We spoke about unbundling of different value chains. I think we're also going to start to see more and more the restructuring and the reconfiguration of organizations. So there is this idea around how people can organize themselves leveraging blockchain technology, the specific phrase that's used is called a DAO, a Decentralized Autonomous Organization. But what that really means and what that really is, is a number of people coming together to bring their skills that they have and meet a common goal together, which is pretty much the definition of a corporation, but now being done outside of the bounds of a traditional corporate. And we're seeing very interesting projects emerge. And for people specifically, what it means is I can take some skills that I have and I can go and apply it to one of these collective organizations to meet a specific goal that I'm interested in. And I can take those same skills and I can apply them to another organization that I'm equally interested in. This sounds a little bit like maybe freelancing or contracting. I have a, a certain set of skills. Now I can actually apply those skills, not only geographically distributed, but also across different industries as well. And again, retaining agency and ownership over the assets, whether that be actual cash-like instruments or ownership tokens. So I think this idea of agency over your future, really, and where you choose to spend your time is going to be more of an enabled activity. And again, just the new types of jobs that are going to emerge as these metaverse-like platforms and these decentralized organizations come to fruition, I think is going to be very different from today. So I think they have a great future ahead of them. Well, that's a great way to end. And thank you for a very insightful conversation. I think what is fascinating about this topic is how in such a relatively short period of time, you can go from overnight secured borrowing through bills of lading, through 
all the way through to metaverses and the future of how we work. And underlying this is a single core fundamental technology of distributed ledger. And I think that's what makes this area so interesting, so critical to watch because you could apply it to a vast range of outcomes. Because as we've said, at the core of it are some of these very fundamental issues that recur throughout all of our lives. And this technology potentially has the impact to affect all of them. So thank you so much for joining me. It was absolutely terrific to have you with me. Thank you. It was so great. I loved the conversation and hope it was insightful for the listeners. Great. And thank you again. And for our listeners, please stay tuned for more episodes of What's the Deal, where I'll be joined by other global business and industry leaders to talk about timely topics, transforming the future of dealmaking. If you're all enjoying this conversation as much as I am, you could subscribe to this as well as our other podcasts to stay on top of the latest industry trends and news. JP Morgan's At Any Rate, Market Matters, and Tech Trends are all available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. This material was prepared by the investment banking group of JP Morgan Securities LLC and not the firm's research department. It is for informational purposes only and is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase, sale, or tender of any financial instrument.